Today's media culture can sometimes send confusing messages to our children. That's why Focus on the Family Canada offers tools like PluggedIn.ca to keep parents informed about today's popular entertainment choices. Each month, PluggedIn.ca is visited close to 1 million times by people looking for detailed information on popular music, movies, TV, and more. Entertainment ratings only tell you so much. We go deeper, diving into specific content and the meaning behind it. Visit us online at PluggedIn.ca. We've got to do it ourselves. I can't wait on my husband, Stephen. Stephen, you do it first, and then I will do it. He's a great husband, great dad, and he does take the lead in a lot of things. But there are moments, instead of blaming him, I need to look at Shannon. Shannon, what do I need to do in this area? So I've got a DIY. Then, as Dr. Chapman, you're saying there, we've got a DIY together. And I like something else we need to, I think, reiterate there is these are affordable repairs. Dr. Shannon Warden describing why you may need a renovation project in your marriage and your family. Dr. Warden was our guest last time along with her fellow author and family counselor, Dr. Gary Chapman. I'm John Fuller, and this is Focus on the Family with your host, Focus President and author Jim Daly. John, I'm the last guy you want to talk to about remodeling. I'm so <laughs> pathetic at this stuff. So I just, you know, not long ago learned what DIY is. Do it yourself. I literally had to ask a guy. Well, it's okay. My no wife, shame. actually. No what shame. does that mean? And she said, that means do it yourself. That's how pathetic I am. But, you know, there's so many great TV shows on now about remodeling mm. and how to do it well. And, and they they just keep us there. We want <laughs> to see how it all finishes. <laughs> Doesn't say much about our lives, does it? <laughs> but uh, Gary Chapman and Shannon Warden have come up with a wonderful concept. Uh, they describe some of the challenges that families are facing with selfishness, apathy, resentment. And I'll never forget how they compared resentment to having termites in your home. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's an analogy from last time. If you didn't listen, get the download, uh, go to the website. Uh, on your smartphone, you can download the app and listen at your pleasure. So do it, because it was good content. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way we combat or fix those problems with godly tools is what they're talking about, character traits that uh, Dr. Chapman and Dr. Warden have identified. Twelve things, things that include kindness, love, and forgiveness, very similar to the fruit of the Spirit, right? And I thought uh, they were great reminders for all families about how to focus on what's most important. So if you missed it, get the download. And we'll have links to the audio, video, and to Gary and Shannon's book, The DIY Guide to Building a Family That Lasts, 12 Tools for Improving Your Home Life. Stop by focusonthefamily.ca or call 800 the letter A in the word family. Gary and Shannon, welcome back to Focus. Good to be back. Thank you. Good to have you. And uh, yeah, things went well last night. I practiced this and uh, Troy responded with boldness. Oh. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> He's become my architect. <laughs> nice. Way to go, Troy. Hey, Shannon, let me start with you. Um, you had an unusual YouTube project I think you did recently. Yeah. Uh, it centered around the six-month construction process of building a new home uh, for your family. What were you doing and Why? And why'd you put it on YouTube? Why do we put it? Okay. So we, we were having fun, number one, just as a family. We're building a house. And again, not by ourselves because you need help. This is not always a total do-it-yourself. So we had lots of good help. But for one, we just wanted to capture it for our own memories. I also, as I do, I like to incorporate through metaphors and just 
practical teaching to families, to couples. And so it just naturally lent itself to producing it as a very low budget, no budget, actually. Um, <laughs> There's 60 video. of these, though, right? 60 there videos? There are a lot. I know. And, and honestly, I mean, I, you know, there are a lot more. That's I just, a big project. It, it was. But, you know, we were over there. Stephen says, I know you're going over there every day. I said, you're right. I'm going every day. And so just, you know, it's so much fun to get to even have that blessing to build a home. And again, we just learned a lot. We had a lot of fun doing it. So folks, check that out. It's on my YouTube channel. They'll see the whole process and they'll, you know, hopefully come away with some encouragement too. And what a great analogy, again, that whole building metaphor and home improvement metaphor. Explain in that context why why trust is such a key development tool for our children. What message are we sending to our kids when we don't let them make their own decisions? Right. Uh, You know, I've got Presley, Carson, and Avery at home, and God has been so good to in so many ways. Say, Shannon, pay attention to what I'm doing in their personalities. I'm developing their character. This is not all about you having to gut through parenting. Parents, y'all, everybody understands that because it's hard. Parenting's not always glorious work. So God's gracious. He says, Shannon, look. Pay attention to what I'm doing to these kids. I've got plans for each one of them. I already anticipate in some ways, um, mm. without trying to project onto them what they might be, but I already anticipate in each one of their lives what it is maybe God is doing for their future and for the kingdom. So I have to partner with the Lord. I see Carson, for example, who's very driven. He um, he has ideas about things. He's strong-minded. I don't want to punish him for the way the Lord has made him. I want to say, Carson, God, and I do this, by the way, I say, Carson, God has made you this way. This part is great. This part we're going to have to tweak because i got to prepare you for a wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. It's, it is. It, it just, recognizes the strengths and weaknesses, yeah, which every human being has. Yeah, yeah. Just calls that's your attention we... to something different than the obvious, I've got to punish this, I've got to discipline this. God's doing way more than that. Is it needed? Yeah, but there's way more happening. Well, you know, in that context, too, that's where shaming can do such damage, right? I mean, yeah. we tend to react um, with a shaming, we can as parents, with a shaming mentality. Very destructive, isn't it? Yeah, I talked to a 13-year-old who said, I can't ever please my father. Hmm. You know, everything I do, it's never good enough, you know. And so I think uh, in this chapter, you know, we're dealing with the whole thing of uh, balancing control, the parental control over children, and then teaching children that we do trust them. And one of the ways that we do that is to give them options between things. Even little children, you know, uh, you, you can bring your bicycle in before dinner or you can bring it in after dinner, okay? But that's your responsibility. If you don't bring it in, you lose the privilege next day. Okay, so they make a choice, and we right. trust them. Whichever, but we know either choice is going to be fine with us. Right. Same thing's true with television, you know. Here's three programs, 30-minute programs. You can choose one of them. You know, so we're letting them know we trusting them, but we've already got parameters there. So when they're little, we control everything. Yeah. When they get to be 18 and go off to college, oh, right. we can't control anything. Well, so we got to help them get to where they believe in themselves. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I think it's more difficult now in the parenting zone when it comes to technology and gaming and all those things. We hear from a lot of parents and we experience it ourselves. I mean, that's one of the things that trade-off needs to be dutifully managed by the parent. Any tips in that area of home building when you're looking at, you know, not being overly controlling, giving them that responsibility, but when you got to pull back, how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Well, I think there are guidelines that we need to have. 
depending on the child's age, obviously, in the early Let's stages. Let's talk about teenagers. Yeah, teenagers, okay, because yeah, that's really where we run <laughs> that's into That's really the, what yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah. here. Yeah, and I think even with teenagers, we have to say, you know, all your lifetime, we've given you freedom to use technology when we thought it was appropriate for you, and we still do that, and we trust you. And uh, you and I both know that there are people that do things that are not good on technology. And so we want you to use technology and make the most of technology. And so here are some positive ways, you know, and here are some things that we don't want you to do. And obviously, if they're just going into the teenage years, we're going to have to sometimes say, you know, you broke the rule. Right. And you know what that means? You lose it for a week. Yeah. Okay. Well, they learn that with every decision, there's consequences. And so we are the parents. We do have the responsibility to set guidelines for our teenage children because they're teenagers. You know, the brain's not fully developed till we're 25, right. so we can't just throw them to the wind or they'll make mistakes, and by 25, their lives will be ruined. That's true. So, yeah, but it's that balance between control and trust. Jim, I wanted to share, too, about my 14-year-old Avery, such a conscientious kid. He will say to me, Mama, I saw something in my Googling or searching on the Internet, I saw something, and I just wanted to tell you because it, it bothered me. And what he probably would have seen and, you know, certain images that he shouldn't have seen, not necessarily the most explicit, but because he is a conscientious kid, and thank God and by God's uh, power and help, we we are raising, have raised them in a godly Christian home trying to be Christ-like. And so I say to him, Avery, the reason that he, by the way, can come to me is because I've said, or to Stephen, I've, I've, we've said, you can tell us anything. In being so conscientious that sometimes, as it is for Avery, it can kind of move into anxiety. And so rather than allowing Satan to shame us or to create lies in our minds and us to follow along with that, instead of allowing that, we've said, Avery, come to us and tell us anything. And we're going to filter that through uh, scriptural truth. And we're going to uh, validate and re, uh, just reaffirm you for what you're trying to do to be pure and to be uh, to make good choices, but bring it to us. And that's one of the things that's been yeah. really helpful with us in Avery. Yeah. Our guests today on Focus on the Family are Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. Shannon Warden. And uh, their book is The Do-It-Yourself Guide to Building a Family That Lasts. If you'd like that resource or any help in your parenting journey, our number is 800-A-FAMILY or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Let me bring up distractions. It kind of is in that busyness and time management space, I think, but distractions are a growing problem in families today. And I'm sure screens are a big part of that. I see it. We try to, you know, put the, we do put the phones away at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. We don't allow them there. And so we can have family discussion and laugh Mm -hmm. together and all those good things. But um, those are real, true distractions. How can we manage that area of our lives better? Mm. Dr. <laughs> it's a big, big question. It is. Uh, you know, there's nobody busier than this man right here, <laughs> Dr. Gary Chapman, and uh, he knows something about busyness. I'm, I'm trying to practice some of the things I've heard you teach over time is to do, as Jim's saying, put these things away and prioritize And that's something we talk a lot about in the DIY book. What are your priorities? Is it growing with your family? Is it growing a family? Then it's going to require us to make some decisions. And um, I think especially for myself, career decisions and uh, time management decisions. So, Dr. Hammond, help me. Yeah, I I, I do think it's a matter of priority. It's the blueprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think most of us uh, who are married and have children would say our priority is our family. I mean, we put them, you know— uh, it's a priority, but when you look at our lifestyle, 
that doesn't always look like that mm. because we're making choices and dad's doing what he wants to do and mom's doing what she wants to do. And, you know, one of the saddest things I encountered recently was at a funeral and the father had died and the 26-year-old after the funeral, his son said to me, I never knew my father. He worked all week long and on Saturday he played golf and I never spent any time with him. Mm. And I thought, man, I mean, I cry. I walked away with tears in my eyes. Yeah. Because, you know, and I think as a family, periodically, we need to assess this, you know. Are we living like our relationship in the family is more important than a lot of this other stuff that we're involved in? And it's good stuff, you know, and the kids can be involved in this sport and that sport and, and this piano and that musical thing. And all these things are good. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things. But there has to be time in which we're relating to each other. And it can be done in some of those contexts, you know. But when when we're sitting around the house and everybody's on their phone and nobody's sharing anything with each other, we drift apart. Yeah. Yeah, and we we don't have the input that we need to have in each other's lives. Yeah, it's an irony. We're connected digitally, but we're not connected humanly. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Shannon, you had that situation with your dad, right? He passed away not long ago, and you had some second thoughts about that. Oh, my goodness. My dad, I probably was 38 years old the first time I heard my dad say he loved me. Mm. And and he's a wow. that's a good man. That man, that was a great hardworking man who loved me in service. Yeah. Dr. Chapman, he loved me in service all those years. He had not come from a family that was emotionally expressive. And so it took me maturing and and again DIYing here to a degree to enter into conversation with my dad such that I could say to him, "Daddy, I love you." And he could say back, I love you. And that just, you know, that does. It changes your life. And so parents who are raising kids right now, parents who've raised your kids, I love to talk to that parent, too, who did miss out, you know, who feels like they've missed out. You've not missed out. If you're still here, you've not missed out. So say it. I love you. Write it. Text it. In your digital age, text it to that 30-year-old or that 35-year-old or that 50-year-old or however it is. But it's not too late if you're still here. And so, Dr. Chapman, you were talking about uh, something there that made me think, too, is we can connect through activity. And that's something our family is trying to do. Um, Stephen, he's our son's basketball coach. Uh, Avery's the assistant coach. (laughs) <laughs> um, Presley's cheerleading right there in front of us, and I'm just filling in however I can. Just I, that's actually one of those moments where I get to sit and just watch. But it's us together on a Saturday at the church playing sure. upward basketball and upward cheer, and we're doing it together. Yeah. Which brings me to this great concept you have about the concern box. Yes. This is another one I'm going to implement tonight at the house. I, mean, I love this. When I come home and say these things, of course, Gary, this has happened a couple times with the programs we've taped. So Gene will say, who'd you talk to today? <laughs> so when I come home tonight and say, hey, we're going to set up this concern box, tell us what it is. Well, what it is is we've got boxes and things like this where we'll say, listen, I want to know what's going on. So if nothing else, write it down, you know, put it in this box. And this can be our concern box, our prayer box. It, you know, it's just it's a fun and creative way. So for the parents who are thinking, I would like to DIY, this is a great little way. Just a little way. You're just doing something different, a new work in your family's life. Here's our little box, and you can put a prayer request in there, and we're going to get them out at supper or breakfast or whenever. We're going to pray about it. It's a concern. Maybe the kid knows, I don't want to say this maybe in front of the whole family, but I feel safer writing it. It's just fun. It's a creative way to open up different conversations. No, that is good. One of the things we've done recently is do conversation starters around dinner. So we all 
wrote three down, put them in a Ziploc baggie, and we yeah. bring one out a night out of the baggie. So last night it was the one I wrote, which is funny. It was, <laughs> what is the origin of virtue? <laughs> oh. <laughs> a small topic. Troy's like, what? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, but it ended up being a good discussion. Yeah, you deep. know, what's the character of God, and where does the yeah. goodness come from? Yeah. We've also got your conversation starters in our kitchen, you know, yeah. uh, love talks and these of kinds questions. of things. Yeah, so that's good. That's, yep. what, that's what we're talking about here. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Eli's addiction to pornography was destroying his relationship with his wife. But then God intervened. Focus on the Family helped me in my marriage. Probably the exact uh, point and time that I needed it. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can rescue more marriages like Eli's, especially during the pandemic. Please donate today at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Focus on the Family Canada wants to inspire teen girls to grow in their faith with a new and improved Brio magazine. By nearly doubling the size of each magazine, teen girls will love the fresh new design, including more articles, interviews, and daily devotions focused on a growing faith in Christ. Inspire teen girls to grow in their faith. Order your subscription today at briomagazine.ca. That's briomagazine.ca. Or call 1-800-8-FAMILY. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Um, I think my favorite part of your book, The DIY Guide to Building a Family That Lasts, is the chapter on fun. Mm -hmm. Because I like this part. I mean, the best memories we have in our family is when we're, you know, laughing so hard, milk is coming out our nose. You know that situation where you take that drink and somebody says something and boom, it's all out. And uh, we just love that. And there's so many experiences that we have like that. But I mean, I could do that every day if it were possible. Mm -hmm. But talk about the importance of fun. And not everybody, you know, it's interesting, not everybody's wired in that way. And mm -hmm. Dr. Chapman, in particular, I'd like to hear from yeah. you about that. About the, And I don't want to pick on the engineering accountant. I love you guys <laughs> and you girls that do that job. But that engineering left brain kind of thing, sometimes it, mm. it trips a person up that they don't have a lot of fun. But yeah. families need fun. Yeah, and it can be in different ways because some things uh, one person would consider to be fun and relaxing and the other person wouldn't, okay? Yeah. Well, that's all right. We can stretch each other, you know. Uh, maybe, for example, a husband and wife, he likes to walk and she doesn't like to walk. Well, he can walk slower and they can take short walks, you know. <laughs> right, you and go. then he can say, okay, what would you like to do? And maybe it's something he's not interested in, but he can give. And, and so we can go to where the other person is in terms of what makes them relax and what makes them feel uh, good. But I think with children, uh, again, children are also different. But 
the parent has to decide we're going to have some family times. It's not just going to be routine, routine, routine every day. We're going to have family time, and we're going to build it in. And some, Maybe one night it's going to be we're going to play games together. One night we're going to go shoot basketball together. One night we're going to do this. And it may not be every night, but if we don't plan it, it may not happen. And we wake up 10 years down the mm-hmm. road and realize we don't look back on any family times we had. We were right. just all busy doing our own thing. You, in fact, urge families to create a fun chart. Now, being more spontaneous, <laughs> that kind of dampens <laughs> my fun. But I don't know. How do you do a fun chart? Okay, kids, it's 9 o'clock. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Well, right, there's the chart. Or, and I loved your example there of the bag or whatever. You said you all putting slips of paper in. Same thing with fun. What are some fun things you want to do? And you just pull out of that bag or that box. Or, so it can be a chart. It, mostly, don't get held up on the specific delivery of that uh, you know, goal. It's just do it. Do it. Do something. If you want different results, do something different. And this is a fun way. Ask your kids, by the way, how can we have more fun? What? Right. I said it. How can we have more fun? And get their ideas. Let them help you, too. It always involves ice cream with the kids. It's just about ice cream. Hey, you both describe yourselves as workaholics, so let's speak to that segment of the audience. And you say you both married fun-loving people, which is interesting. I don't know if that kind of opposite thing attracts. uh, I would tend to think you're looking for that in that other person. But you both said you married spouses that love Mm -hmm. to have fun. So how does that workaholic have to discipline themselves to not be thinking of the list constantly. Well, you got the right word, discipline. Yeah. It is discipline. Mm -hmm. And I remember when our kids were still at home, of course, our kids are grown now, but when our kids were still at home, uh, because I was a pastor and I had all the things that go with that. Every pastor knows all of that. You know, it's a 24-hour job. I would arrange in my schedule, if I knew I had something that I had to do at church that night, I would arrange to be home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the kids came home. And I'd have time with them, homework or whatever, uh, before dinner. And then I'd go back to the church. But I spent that time with them. But that's discipline. Because there's always something you could be doing during that time, you know. Oh, yeah. And we have to say no to some things in order to say yes to the family. But I say to pastors who sometimes say to me, well, I just can't do it. I'm just so busy. Look, you choose your schedule more than a lot of people do. Many people are tied into eight to five, you know. Uh, you're not tied into that. You can take a break. And so uh, I think if we understand how important it is that we have time with our family, then we choose to make time. And, yes, it's for those who are workaholic, it's harder for you than it is for other people. But we can do what we believe to be important. Uh, you urge families to work on prevention and maintenance. Of course, again, this is all in this uh, metaphor of the home improvement project. Mm-hmm. And you say that rather than wait for that crisis to erupt. Now, for me, I'm all about that. I want to change the water heater well before it leaks out, right? But uh, some people don't do that. Yeah. Um, but why is it important to not wait for the catastrophe, but to do the maintenance ahead of time? I asked our builder in one of the last episodes of that little YouTube series there, uh, Family All the Way with Dr. Shannon Warden. It sounds so big. (laughs) It's dream. It's aspirational. Um, But I asked our builder, uh, I said, talk to me about maintenance. What, why is it so important to maintain the home? And, you know, give me a tip as a builder, a real builder, uh, you know, so a a literal home builder, give me a tip um, as a home life builder. And he said, well, 
He said, people, we have to guard the outside of our homes because the damage, the threat is going to come from outside. So you make sure things like your you know, insulation is good and you make sure if there are holes or cracks that they're, they're filled. If there's a tear or damage in the roof, you make sure that it's repaired and it patched. But you got to protect from the outside in. What is it your so let's take it now to relationships. What are you allowing on the outside to come in and possibly change you for the worst? And so when we talk about maintenance, it's that one of that's probably one of the two key points that I like to make in particular is from the outside in, what are you allowing into your mm-hmm. home? So we go back to everything we've talked about, screens and work and attitudes and expectations and And so you're thinking about what's coming in and how do you guard your home life? The second thing I like to talk to folks about is just the matter of take so little time to mess things up. takes a long time to clean it up, Mm -hmm. to build it up, but it takes such little time to mess it up or tear it down. And you've got to make choices around this. Um, It's going to take some work. Yeah, the other thing we're saying in the book is that once you get some of these things moving in a positive direction, and there, you see significant improvement in your family life. Don't just assume it's going to be that way forever. Keep working. Yeah, keep working. You know. Constant. So you spoke her love language, you know, for three years, but then you got busy and forgot about it. Okay, mm-hmm. she's going to say pretty soon, oh, "My tank is empty." You know, my love mm-hmm. language is, or whatever. You know. So we have to maintain the things. When we make progress, we want to continue to making progress and not be going backwards. Yeah, and this is probably a good place to end the do overs. Why is yes. having the do over important? I like it. Yeah. I say to our kids, you know, it's kind of like a timeout in professional sports. We're going to time this thing out and come here. And now this is where you went wrong right there. Now let's try it again. And that is a literal do-over. See, now that works. Okay. And that's the same uh, for the sports enthusiast. I'm all over the place with my metaphors, Dr. Chapman. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the sports enthusiast there or for anybody who just understands, hey, to carry it back to home building here, that is off. Something's off about that. I think we're going to have to take that down, uh, fix it, and get it right. I don't think I want to live with that. We're going to have to fix it. So same with the, the do-over. Those are some literal examples. And, again, there even with my kids, I will say. Or with Stephen, hey, I want to try that again. That is the art of the do-over. Yeah. You know, it's powerful. You think of Jesus with the woman who yeah. was caught in yeah. adultery. That was perhaps humanity's biggest do-over, right? He said, mm. go and sin no more. Yeah. And he had every right to go ahead and pass execution on her and let mm-hmm. the the crowd stone her. Yeah. But he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a do-over. Yeah. Such beautiful humility in that. And that's from our Lord. Perfect Jesus Christ there, perfect perfection, sinless, and he's modeling that for us. He's doing it himself, so we will do it ourselves. That's so true. Man, uh, Gary and Shannon, this has been so good once again. The uh, great concept of the DIY for those of us, I'm putting myself in that category, that <laughs> only six years ago did I learn that meant do it yourself. DIY guide to building a family that lasts. This is wonderful. The resource is terrific. Whether you're just uh, starting out with your first child or have adult kids and want to strengthen those relationships, there are so many wonderful principles here for your marriage, too. 
And if you'd like to get a copy of this great book, uh, please order it directly from Focus on the Family Canada today. Uh, We know there are a lot of online retailers you can go to, but when you purchase through Focus Canada, those proceeds go right back into strengthening marriages, equipping parents, finding forever families for the orphan children, and so much more. What a great way to get a copy of the book. So please be generous with your support of Focus on the Family Canada today. Donate generously and get the book when you call 800, the letter A and the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And be sure to ask about a CD or get the download of the previous episode uh, when we covered three other principles for building a family that lasts. Gary and Shannon, again, thank you so much for being with us. This is great stuff. Thank you, Jim. Always good to be with you. Thank you. Now, do you guys mind if we go to my house and look at some leaky pipes? (laughs) Let's do it. Well, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks so much for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. Christ.